a good morning from me here in the UK and a good afternoon from anyone who is based in APAC. And that's, you're all scattered around all over, which is just wonderful to see. Welcome to the, to the session on establishing a culture of coaching. I am Gwen Wilcox. I'm the global lead for the women in the CEO community in banking and asset management. This is a network that we manage globally. At the very heart of what we do um, at Armstrong Wolf, we're fully committed to raise the profile of the chief operating officers, as you may know, and committed to promoting equality in the workplace, raise opportunities for growth for all managers and leaders, and support an inclusive and flexible culture where everyone can realize their full potential and make a positive contribution to the organization. That's the goal. We regularly have coaching sessions with Jean Balfour and others on career management within the banking industry, relentlessly building a network of women and men that come together as a regional and global network to address common challenges and successes with regards to talent attraction and retention and work with many organizations on addressing workforce diversity, inclusiveness that often require big culture shifts. So I was introduced to the standard charter, standard charter team, I can hardly say that, um, a few months ago, I think it was Katie, um, and I was just blown away by their approach and their success. So when, when I met you, Katie, I felt that at Standard Charter, the, you have a, a, a really well thought through approach of, like you said, Peter, democratizing a coaching culture and a successful, I believe it is successful, internal coaching program that is called IGNITE. You need to tell us what IGNITE actually stands for. <laughs> so this session is about Standard Chartered um, sharing their story, their program to us, the women in the SEO community, men and women. And I'm very grateful for the openness and the will to share the inspirational journey. On the call, we have the principal founder, that's Katie, the coach, that's Jean, the project manager, that's Zion, and the client, and that's Rachel. So you can hear the full offering end to end. So I would highly, highly encourage you to use the chat if this function is able for you, ask questions and possibly I'm going to start actually, if this works, I would really, really appreciate if you can put your name in the chat and, um, and just basically state who you are. This is really a network. It's a community. It's really for you, by you. Um, and want to ensure that you know each other through the medium of networking and hopefully through women in the CEO community. So let's get started. Katie, over to you. Please tell us about how you established a culture of coaching through Ignite. Well, thank you, Gwen, and thank you so much for everyone to join. It's such a privilege and a pleasure. Uh, also alongside me, a, a very close uh, friend, Jean, on the call. Uh, incredible. Um, I, I personally studied with Jean, my ACC, PCC, and we've got two members of the SCB team, uh, Zion, who's a coach, uh, and Rachel, who's an incredible uh, client. Uh, so what are we talking about today? We're talking specifically about Ignite. Um, which is our internal team of, of um, coaches within Standard Chartered Bank. Um, I'm going to tell you about a bit of a background of how Ignite started uh, and then say what is Ignite and then talk a little bit about, you know, what is the return on investment, which I know a lot of people ask me. So 
How did Ignite get started? Uh, so really it was about three years ago. Um, I was pretty stuck personally and professionally. Uh, I was working as a project manager uh, in commercial banking and I was working three days a week. Uh, for the first time ever, I did something for myself. I took myself uh, off on a four day Tony Robbins seminar. I'm not sure if we have any Tony Robbins fans here, um, but it was really there that I took time for myself as a young mom uh, for myself and my mission became clear. I really wanted to help others who were stuck like myself personally and professionally. So at this stage, over the four days, I had no idea what coaching was about, um, but I knew that in this room, this is kind of the energy that I wanted to be surrounded, surrounded with. Uh, so what did I do? Uh, I did anything that any desperate person would do without any qualifications. Um, I decided to write the CEO of our bank, uh, Bill Winters, uh, an email to express that I had just come off a, a coaching seminar and if we really want to change the values and, and the behaviours within the bank, we need to bring in coaching. What did I do? I thought, you know, what's the worst thing that could, he could do is he could ignore me. Uh, what's the best thing that could happen and the best thing is what happened. He actually replied within 24 hours and from there I had conversation after conversation uh, over six months and then Ignite started. Uh, I was lucky to have an amazing sponsor, uh, Keith McDonald, uh, formerly left uh, Standard Chartered, who believed also in the power of coaching. So Ignite started as an experiment. I was still working three days a week, still in commercial banking as a project manager. I had just started starting as a coach, so I didn't even know what coaching was about. I started with Jean as an ACC, and I started this coaching, coaching program, which we called Ignite, in 2019. It started with nine coaches coaching 10 women. So what did, what did I want to do with Ignite? I wanted to I wanted to be wanted it to become a sustainable product. So what did I, how do, how do we make anything sustainable? We have to bring it in house. So Ignite is a team of internal qualified uh, coaches, all who have a BAU role within Standard Chartered. Ignite started with nine coaches. Now I have over 190 coaches uh, in 30 countries. Uh, this year, we're on track to coach over 600 uh, clients, and we're also starting uh, to coach external clients. So that's a little bit about Ignite. Um, so, so that's kind of the team and the concept. So, so what is Ignite? So when we think about Ignite internally at Standard Chartered, Ignite is a product. Um, think of Ignite as a startup. Uh, so I personally... Uh, I have my own salary paid out of my Ignite fund, and Ignite is a coaching internal coaching product. It costs one thousand US dollars uh, for a participant to be part of, and it's a four month coaching journey. It has a kickoff, it has a midpoint, and an endpoint. And within that journey, they each have their own dedicated Ignite coach. So their Ignite coaches, as I said, is BAU employees who volunteer their time uh, to coach uh, people. Uh, so as I said, it's a four month program. Uh, and, and a lot of people kind of say, well, how, how does that work? How, how do we feel, feed the ecosystem? So what do we do with the money back in Ignite? We feed that to grow the coaching culture. Uh, so Zion, one of our incredible coaches on the call, we give back to our coaches year on year for them to further uh, engage with coaching training, uh, such as amazing things with Jean. And also what do we do? We want to build more coaches. So we, in Ignite, we provide 
coaching scholarships. So people who want to, who are curious about coaching, um, and I suppose that how, is how Ignite has grown from nine uh, to 200 there. Uh, so what else? A, a lot of people kind of talk to me always about, you know, return on investment, return on investment, how do we measure it? So I can say to you within Ignite, uh, we, we measure the client at the beginning of a coaching arrangement and at the end. And we can say to you time and time and time again, that where they started with their goals and where they finished, there's always been an up uplift of about 20%. Um, I, cannot, uh, okay, I can also say, um, sorry, Katie, we're going to try and mute everybody. For some reason, someone's background is playing up. Sure, no worries. Um, should be okay now. Cool. So definitely within, we've, we've noticed uh, within the coaching program that our clients are exceeding their goals. Um, also, we do some analysis against our Ignite clients, against other women who haven't been on Ignite. Uh, time and time again, we're noticing that Ignite clients, they're getting more promotions, they're changing their roles, and their performance reviews um, have been better. Um, so that's a little bit about the return on investment and the need for coaching. I'll also say that another thing that we've started to measure is about our coaches' return on investment. Now, it's funny, when I first started Ignite, I thought that the coaches would be all these warm, fluffy women from HR. I can tell you that the face of Ignite is probably 50-50% male, female. Um, some extremely uh, senior positions, nearly up to the MT. And what I have found that there is this yearning for people to give back and contribute. Um, so a lot of the time, the return on the investment is around the coaches and them being able to be given the opportunity to give back and help, help, help younger um, women particularly reach their potential. So that's a little bit of an overview around Ignite. I don't want to take up too much time. I want to, I want to pass over to a dear friend of mine, uh, Jean. Uh, and where does Jean come into the picture? Um, for Ignite, all of us are all trained and qualified by the International Coaching Federation. Obviously, there is, there is a lot of um, coaching is, is precious. It, it is very similar to counselling. So for us in Ignite, we want to make sure that if someone comes in, there is a certain governance and standard. So what we have, obviously, we work at a bank. We don't train people. We're not experts in teaching coaching. So we've partnered with incredible coaching schools such as Jean to make sure that people go in there, become certified, and then we know that when they come back to us, they are ready to coach people. Okay, over to you, Jean. Katie, <laughs> thank you. Um, so what I'm going to do is just explain a little bit about how, how our partnership works and what our role in the partnership is and what we do. And it's nice because I can see a couple of people on the call today uh, who have trained with us, so that's also nice to see some familiar faces. Um, so just a bit about me. I'm the founder of the program, our managing director. I'm a master certified coach, and I've also spent... Um, all of my career working as an organisation consultant, so I'm an organisational coach. That's really my background. And we are an accredited coach training provider with the International Coaching Federation. And as Katie said, we've been partnering with Standard Chartered on this uh, for three years. I went back and had a look, Katie. So you started training in 2019. And since then, we've trained over 60 coaches 
uh, in our level one program uh, and about 10 of those have gone on to do the level two program as well, uh, which is actually so and there's there's combined funding for that. Um, and our and then, and then a, a large chunk of those have gone on to become accredited with the International Coaching Federation as well. So they get either their associate certified coach or the professional certified coach status. We, we run a program that's largely about coaching at work. So I guess you'll know that there's different schools of coaching. There's, a, there's kind of life coaching, sports coaching, but ours focuses on work because that's really where I come from. And we're looking at developing people either to be um, leaders who want to embed coaching in their leadership style or to train people who will be internal coaches or go on to work as I do as executive coaches. And so for, for Standard Chartered, we've trained, as I said, over 60 people. And, and as Katie said, these people have come from all parts of the bank. So they've been front office and back office. Um, mostly, but not all, with a leadership role. So some without a leadership role, and up to some very senior leaders. And they also come globally. So we've had, um, we've always been in Zoom, actually, which is something I thank the gods for, because of course COVID would have been hideous <laughs> if we hadn't always been in Zoom. Um, but that means that we are able to bring students together from many different countries and nationalities and backgrounds to train as coaches together. Um, and actually, I just want to say something about that specifically. One of the things that we, we have noticed from this is that uh, coaching has a strong inclusion link. So I, I have uh, some, about half of my work in the past has been in diversity and inclusion. And I've come to a view that when as leaders we coach, we become more inclusive. And we see this through the program because I think what happens is that when people coach, they have to listen very deeply and they have to be very present. And in that process, people see each other's common humanity and difference drops away. And I begin to be able to see you and relate to you as a human together in this situation. And we see this happen on the program time and time again, people from fundamentally different backgrounds, cultures, different stories, building these really strong connections and really kind of deepening that relationship. So it's a bit of a, an aside really, but I think it's connected to the coaching culture piece that uh, we don't often talk about, is that I think that a coaching culture and an inclusive culture actually are, are very closely aligned. And I, I see that in, in living presence every day. Um, so the program itself, uh, well, as I said, we're 100% virtual. We always have been. Some kind person introduced me to Zoom about five years ago, and mainly because of its light touch, the breakout rooms, we decided to set up in Zoom. And it's it's a kind of combination of three things, really. It's my own animal, so it's got an organisational focus, but also I started my career as a teacher and so we have an educational flow through the programme. And I believe that coaching is a skill, first and foremost. There's lots of deep theory that sits under coaching, but actually until we learn to coach, it's really hard to use theory. So our programme is heavily practice-based on the idea that once I've learned to coach, I can apply theory, but until I've learned to take myself out of the equation, until I've learned to be really, really present with the person 
sitting in front of me, either virtually or in the room, then it's hard to do anything else. And so that's how we run the program. We take everybody from base one. We've had qualified clinical psychologists and we take everybody back to, back to base one and start by helping people really dig into listening and seeing how they can deepen their listening and then sort of going on a journey of that uh, to become a good coach. Um, I guess um, one of the things that we talk about is this kind of is a shift from tell to ask. So underpinning all international coaching federation programs and all coaching, I believe, is, that, is this idea that the person that we're coaching is resourceful and whole and most often holds the solutions to the challenges that they're bringing. And so we're, we're training coaches and, of course, leaders and individuals to help people to solve those problems themselves. But this is a big challenge because leaders are often feeling trained or drawn to solving the problem themselves. So we are trying to help people step back and not leap in and solve the problem. And that's really at the heart of it. And that can be really hard. And uh, some parts of organisations find this harder than others to, to move. But that's where we go. And at the end of our programme, we see that. We see people really moving from really struggling with that kind of idea that it's not my job, that it's my job to solve the problem, to coming to a deep understanding that the person sitting in front of them has loads of wisdom. And if we can just help to draw that wisdom out, then that is fantastic. Um, yeah, just a few last bits from me, really. We, we of course, cover all the core topics, but, but we also are, um, we're not an intense coaching program. So we run on bite-sized pieces. We, uh, we've just moved actually to a new model where our longest uh, piece, piece of time anyone is with us is two hours. So it's either two hour or one hour slots. A core part of the program is something called mentor coaching groups where people coach each other in the group and get feedback. And I don't know, perhaps Sian can say something about this, but at the beginning of the program, this is very intimidating, coaching and practice and coaching in front of other people, in front of a faculty member. So we really seek to create a very safe environment where people are basically prepared to have a go, fail, get feedback from each other and keep learning in a kind of very iterative way. So, Jean, do you have to, Jean, I have a question for you. Do you have to have been in banking for a certain amount of time or have a certain amount of seniority before you enter um, into a coaching programme? No, I mean, well, it, there would be two answers to that. One would be what are the Ignite qualifications, so how they come through Ignite. But we've had, um, you know, we, we've had quite junior people who have come in who are, well, for example, if you're, a scrum master, if you're working in agile, then you have you are applying coaching in your day job. So you might not be very senior, but actually doing that. So you could train as a coach. But we've also had other people who are individual contributors who want to train as a coach so they can use it in other aspects of their life, also that that can help support their leadership journey. Um, so no, you don't have to be you don't have to be senior really to come into the program. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so so I'm, I'm happy to answer questions later on, but I'd really like to hand over to Zion Tan now. So Zion uh, trained with us uh, in 2020, Zion, I think you started the programme. You were a COVID, you were our middle of COVID cohort when we were, everybody was stuck at home. So yeah, so it'd be great to hand over to you now. Thanks, Jean. Thank you. Um, okay, thanks everyone. Hi, everyone. 
Um, so I, I think I think um, just to share a little bit about myself and 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 I guess coaching overall. So I, as as what Jin mentioned, I started with uh, being involved for back in during the pandemic actually. So uh, in in twenty twenty, so it was was kind of uh, nice in the in the sense it was nice distractions. I completed that. Uh, in 2021, I actually kind of look back in terms of when I graduated, and then since then, um, since then I had like uh, 16 clients so far through Ignite itself. Um, essentially, I I I do have a day job by the way, so I I my my full time job is a project manager, a change manager with Standard Chartered Bank. Um, so from from and I kind of enjoy giving back to Ignite um, through the internal communities and myself. I I think I take on about four to six clients, uh, sometimes more, a, a year itself. Um, where I guess time really allows. I think there was a, a gap where you know um, I took time off from paternity and that that was one main reason why I didn't was was less active in, in the Ignite program. But overall, it, it kept me going, and, and one of the main reason why I guess um, it, it kind of energizes me when I'm having when I'm speaking with the clients and trying to relate to them, trying to listen more. It actually trains me, and I actually benefit a lot from the experience. Trying to be better at listening, training, honing my skills, a lot of the soft skill aspect that you 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 never realize that um, you need. You're actually lacking in that in the real world. You actually thought that you you can listen very well, and active listening actually takes so take it to a whole different level altogether. So I feel, I find myself benefiting a lot as from the experience of being just being a coach itself, and then I it, it kind of energizes me when I when I speak to the clients through the coaching session itself, and I see them having the sort of the the magical moment of aha moment whereby they realize that oh they actually stumble on something. By themselves, um, in, in sort of a, a very natural and sort of a unpretentious way, right? Uh, and, and that's one of the main reason why it, it keeps it kept me going and you know kept me going back and giving my time back to the Ignite program. I, I think this is one of the fundamental reason why overall Ignite is 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 doing so well. You know, with obviously with Katie and the, and the team help in coordinating a lot of the administrative aspect, uh, and and the management giving a lot of support in it. Um, but overall, I think every Ignite coach, you know, has has something in them that they want to continue giving back. They want to continue and thrive, um, and those are some of the main reasons why a lot of the coaches keep going. And it's kind of win-win from from both uh, being a coach and an individual itself. Um, so, so I guess when and Jean was mentioning about the the whole coaching, whereby you know with the the class that went through with her, so it's kind of initially just to share a bit of experience is in, intimidating at first, but and then gradually when you ease into it, um, it's actually quite enjoyable with a lot of the you know the the session that we had like as a coach and a client, and and then it became it became very natural and 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 it's relatively something that I look forward to it uh, once you get over the initial jitters of trying it. Um, yeah, so that's enough of me talking. So maybe I'll pass it on to, I guess, Rachel to share a bit. I have a question for you, Zane. So how often do you um, have coaching sessions with your clients? Because you said you have six or 16, I can't be quite, but it's quite a lot. And if you have a full day job, how much of this do you, how much time do you dedicate to this, including the prep and, and, and the sessions? Um, so I try to space out, um, you know, one client per week. Um, so I, I take no more than two clients per cohort, which I think is a four months program that we have in night. Um, and 
the reason why I try not to call, overcommit is because uh, I need to I need to mentally prep myself and obviously make sure that I have enough time to dedicate myself to those clients. Um, I guess initially when I was when I was fairly new starting out, I think I took on maybe a bit more. I stretched myself a bit more, but I think that did my client disservice. I realized it's actually very mentally uh, taxing on the coach to you know to be able in that zone, um, and be able to be just be present for your client. And sometimes with you know with a day job, it's a bit more challenging. So, um, and then I decided to pace myself a bit differently, space it out. I plan differently, so I make sure that you know at least I'm hundred percent for my clients for each each of the you know each of the co- cohort itself. Um, so so that's kind of how how I plan around it. Obviously, different different coaches will have their own you know different different methods of you know being in the zone itself. That's great, thank you. Um, well, we're just going to go on to the client now, internal client Rachel. Over to you. Hey. Um, okay, my name is Rachel Amoroso. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be selected to be part of the Ignite uh, coaching program last year. Um, I, so this program runs for four months. You have a dedicated coach assigned to you. And at the time, um, you know, they ask you, why, what, what, what do you want to achieve if, if you do get selected to go on this um, course? And for me, um, I was going through a bit of a lull, um, both in my personal life and in my career and I thought you know what I just need to become a better version of myself Um, and I know everyone sort of asks okay well where am I going to fit this in into my already overloaded workday with so much things going on but then you know I think the, the most important thing that you can do to encourage people to partake in these sort of courses is to reinforce the benefits and you know and and what you get out of it so for me it was we had a lot of a few external senior people join Standard Chartered last year, and most of them, when you hear, hear them talk about their their career life and and how they've progressed, they all said they had coaches. They all said they had coaches for many many years as well. And I thought, okay, well, you know, there must be some magic in this whole coaching theme. So I thought, okay, well, you know, even though I have a huge workload already. Um, you know, I'm not, there's nothing I can lose from going on that. So I got selected uh, and I started. And I think um, the weeks that I had my coaching session, those were the best days of my entire week um, because it gave me a sort of renewed sense of confidence. You know, I didn't spend many time, um, many hours deliberating. Am I making the right decision? Um, is this going to be the right thing to do? I, I came out of those sessions fully charged the entire week um, and you know after the four months I was a better version of myself I had more confidence I can you know I, I didn't doubt myself as much I didn't overthink things so I sort of got on I become became more productive more efficient um, I made better decisions um, and I also had a team so it wasn't you know and and when you do these coaching sessions it's not just about you and I'm just staying in your zone of work you know, it, it's a mindset change. It's a, it's a behavioral change as well. So I go home and I'm, I become a coach with my kids. And, you know, and, and, and that gives them, you know, just like I get a sense of confidence, that gives them a sense of confidence too. And, and then also too with the coach, I, I got a friend in the organization, you know, and, you know, I was reading an article the other day by Harvard Business Review that talked about the importance of having a work friend, you know, and, and, and how, you know, and how much that, 
meant in terms of the morale of the workforce and the retention of the workforce. And I suddenly thought, yes, it's so true. You know, I was able to connect the dots and, and think it is so true. There's so many people in the, in the world today that are lonely. And I think, you know, having that person that you, in the organization, the you know, place that you spend so much of your time with, where you can lean on, you can, you know, there's somebody that you can brainstorm with and say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? You know, and, and, and then you start having all these open-ended questions. Why, why, you, why do you think like this? And why do you think you can't do it? And when do you think? And what, you know, all these open-ended questions, which makes you then talk about it and brainstorm and realize that you had all the answers there. You know, there was no need to doubt. Um, so I think, you know, all of these benefits, you know, you have to communicate and communicate over and over again to your people when you have these sort of programs. Um, and then with me coming on, I can then talk and give my personal experience about how it's benefited me. Um, so today, here I am, better version of myself. Um, and um, I have a great friend in the organization now. And, um, you know, I just want to say it, it's a continual process, right? It just, after your four months, you don't just stop there and think, oh, I'm I've, I've gotten all the answers, but you, you have the strategy to, to know and the technique of when to do certain things and when not and, you know, and to praise yourself more and to not be so hard on yourself when you, when you think that, you know, you might not have the right answer. Um, so it is a continual circle that you keep going through and, and getting better at, but at the end of it, you know, there's, you gain more than you'll ever lose. And I'm always so grateful. So if I have every day when I write a gratitude journal, this is the first thing I say, I'm so glad I took this coaching course, you know. And because of that, I've, I then went on to a course and I did coaching mastery because I thought, okay, yes, I would like to extend this and I would like to give this back. And, and you know, yes, I know some of, I learned some of the techniques while going through the, with my own coach during my own coaching sessions, but I wanted to be more, I wanted to be, more formal and I wanted to have the techniques in my toolbox that I can extend to my team um, because you know like Jean said you as a leader you sort of always think that you have to solve everything for your team and now I'm not doing that as much and I'm pulling back and I'm letting them solve it and I can see the renewed confidence in them um, and you know it's so like I said it, it's a circle you know you, you it doesn't just stop with yourself it just extends and you just create lots of great relationships, you build better relationships, and you build the confidence of all the people that you meet along the way. So yeah, that's my story. I love that story. Could listen to you all day. Um, right, so we've got, um, got a great question, actually. Um, I just have one just before we go on to Rowena. Sorry, Rowena. Um, it's about the marketing bit. How do you market Ignite internally so you get you get people pulling in into your program in addition to these wonderful vehicles which is the human vehicle like Rachel and others how do you get people to buy into this do you do lots of internal comms do you do do you come into town halls how does that work I think it, it relates to uh, Tracy's question you know this feels quite different from a usual coaching intervention was that deliberate uh, and, and and I think uh, it, it is absolutely deliberate. I'm just trying to see on the call. I think we have Helen Hughes-Green. I'm not sure if she's come in and out. Um, but what I didn't tell, and I, obviously it's always uh, we're limited by time, but what I didn't say in 2019 was that Ignite was going to be shut down by HR and we had to do things underground. Um, 
and we got in a lot of trouble. And Helen Hughes Green on the call, um, absolute phenomenal uh, leader and amazing. And Ignite also wouldn't be here without an amazing woman like her. And, and she was a senior leader who, when, when at times things were, were going, uh, I mean, I was almost losing my job over this, uh, would come in and, 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 and be the senior face of Ignite and allow us to go underground. Uh, what, what happened in 2019 we had, when we had uh, nine coaches and 10 clients, uh, I was obviously trying to make a job for it. So I kept on going to the sponsor, it's working, it's working, it's working. And, and my sponsors said to me, Katie, let, let, he, you know, it's interesting. I said, what do you want out of the program? He said, I just want the women to feel better. I don't have any, like, they don't have to beat more sales targets. They don't need anything. I just want them to feel better. And so the program was nine months. And all of a sudden, six months in, he came and he spoke to me and he said, Katie, I want to tell you a story. Someone came up to me. I was at a coffee shop and they said hello to me. And they're on the coaching program. And I'm like, what's the big deal? The big deal was that that person would have, would have preferred, six months earlier, would have preferred to be run over by a car than speak to someone this senior. All of a sudden, these 10 women were asking for pay rises, were going out of their comfort zone. So it was at the end of 2019 that, that, that the coaches and clients, everyone was flying. And, and at the end of the, of the day, after sending an email to Bill Winters uh, a year earlier, I was in the boardroom uh, with Bill Winters and all of the MT to talk about the experiment. And so how do we, I, I don't need to market uh, Ignite because we have uh, senior MT members who can see for the results of Ignite that, that it, it does work. I mean, I don't know if you guys feel emotion, but, but hearing from Zion and hearing from Rachel, Ignite is a movement. So what am I involved in? I see myself as the conductor. And what do I spend my time on? Communities of our, our coaches. So I, I, I personally don't want all of our coaches to coach you know, four or five people per cohort. I want them to, to get a taste and a feel, but I also want them to be part of the community of coaches. And we run a lot of exciting things within the coaching community, upskilling, um, book clubs, peer-to-peer -peer mentoring. It's, it's a real kind of underground cool club. And then, we, then I also run for Ignite clients. Uh, we have over 800 people and the distribution keeps on rolling and rolling. And every one month we all come together and hold space and we have phenomenal internal and external speakers to keep the coaching journey alive, to talk about goals, positive uh, improvement, all of those kind of things. Um, so, that, so to be honest, we, we don't really need to do marketing. Um, it, 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 within the, uh, the management team, uh, people see the importance of, of having senior women within the, the workforce and Ignite has, has proven success that it's a key lever. Uh, as, as I said, it's, whilst Ignite makes money, it's, it's an ecosystem and that's what I wanted to do, it, make it democratised so coaching can be available to anyone in moments that matter to them and, and that's how Ignite is sustaining that. Thank you for this very concise response. Right, over to Rowena. So some people will not be able to read the chat, so I'm going to read it out. Um, can you please share with the group how you work with the Ignite clients to set their individual goals and track against these? I currently mentor through internal programs in Lean In, which that would be the Facebook one, and Elevate and setting goals and working towards those in an important focus for us. Is that one for you, Katie? Yeah, sure, I can speak to that and I'm happy to pass over to, to anyone else. Uh, look, as I said, within Ignite, 
we coach the whole person. We acknowledge that you just don't sign in and sign out and people are not robots. Um, so, so nothing is off the table in terms of coaching goals. As Jean said, we're all unique and special in our own ways. So we don't have uniform goals. And what makes Ignite unique and special, unlike other coaching interventions, is we don't have a three-way conversation with the client and the client's manager to all work around what the coaching should be. Should should be uh, in Ignite, everything is confidential. No one knows who's coaching who and what client. Um, Absolutely. So, for example, we've lost you. I think. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So absolutely, the 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 coaching goals are um, set individually um, between the coach and client, and in full confidentiality, that's what they're measured against. Uh, under no circumstances do I know, do I have reporting from Zion or any of my coaches about what is discussed. Um, and that's the approach uh, we, we take with an Ignite. Um, question over to Jean. Yeah, yes, I was going to say, so, so, so there's good research that shows that um, coaching is effective in the presence of goals. So when the client comes into the beginning of a coaching assignment, coaches are trained to help the client to think about what is it that they would like to focus on in the coaching? And if they know the answer, where would they like to be with that by the end? Although that, that is quite a difficult question to answer sometimes because people know they want to focus on this area, uh, but they may not know where they want to be with it. So we so we teach people to do that. And, um, and, and one of the nice things I think about Ignite is this fact that the coaches will be doing that, but it's confidential because I know when I'm coaching as an executive coach in an organization, then then the goals are are in the three way conversation, they're transparent, they're they're there, they're worked out. Um, and sometimes I think, I mean I would always coach around goals. Sometimes we have confidential goals inside even an executive coaching assignment that are not being shared as well. But um yeah, so goals are right at the heart of it. So yeah. So I would like to bring in Peter, if Peter is willing, with regards to culture shifts and maybe his idea um, as well. So Peter is a Women in SEO Community Ambassador, a big uh, culture shift guru, talent and acquisition master. What else can I say? Um, so it would be great to get uh, your opinion on everything you've heard. <clears throat> of course. Um, well, I am loving this conversation, and it can it could go on, you know, all day. As far as I'm concerned, um, I would say that you know, when when looking to shift culture, it's really interesting. I've been I've been thinking on the different types of coaching, because the the program like Ignite, this is a, obviously in, it's incredibly valuable for personal development. And as I think there was something in the chat I read. This is about the, it's coaching the whole individual. It's not only about um, this goal or that goal uh, at work. It's what do you want to become as a person? Culturally, though, one of the interesting things that I'm finding, and you know, I, culture is a very difficult word to define, but what a lot of organizations are struggling with today in terms of the retention and development of their people is <clears throat> how do you help them seamlessly move on around the organization to their next position or their next level. And, you know, it's not always about promotion. It's zigzags, because sometimes you want to move that. Through. And so 
one of the things that um, that I see focused a lot, or I'm, I'm trying to help organizations focus on a lot, is <clears throat> how do you seamlessly allow individuals to have visibility and transparency over what opportunities exist within the organization, what sort of skills would be required to get there. So how do you, if I'm in, if I'm a, you know, in operations today and maybe I want to move to IT or HR or finance, how do I know what those opportunities are? How do I find the learning pathways and the skills to get there? And through that, we use a type of or a module within talent marketplaces to help find not coaching like you're talking about in session, but more like I'm going to call it lots of informal chats. And some of those informal chats might become long-term relationships. Like I love what Rachel talked about in terms of finding friends in the organization because we all need to find those friendly faces that we feel comfortable with. And <clears throat> even in some sort of coaching arrangements, I say it's a little bit like, you know, a little bit like dating. You know, you, you can't just put me with a coach and say, well, that's it and you're done because we might not have that sort of relationship. So one thing that we have found within IBM is the, the, the ability for individuals to find, we call them coaches, but I'm talking more on a perhaps a shorter term, more informal basis, that people can decide what sort of career moves they'd like to make, when they'd like to do it, how they're going to get the skills, and then they can get the exposure and then ultimately the experience. Because as we know, learning is a little bit of book, and then it's some exposure, and then it's some experience. So culturally, there's a huge mindset shift that we need to make in all of our leaders, also about letting people go. Because I think we find certainly in banking, as I have spent my, my entire career, you find there are still pockets of management that don't want to let people go. And therefore, it, it inhibits the individual from saying, oh, I want to go and explore lots of different opportunities. So culturally, I think, you know, I, and you know, Gwen, I always talk about skills being the golden thread that weave through an organization's transformation. And so how do you take those skills, learn what would be entailed to get to your next level? How would you find people to talk to to know would I even like to do that? And then how can you use a series of those people to help you network your way into a new role? So I think that, you know, as I say, it's what I've been doing a lot of is less formalized on the pure coaching as a whole person and looking more at the culture of the organization to create that culture of uh, continuous learning, the mindsets of mobility, and then using the power of AI and data to let people flow through the organization as, when, and where they want to. And that's really important, I think, as we're in this war for talent across all industries now. Thank you for that. Anyone wants to react to this? Yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing, Peter. And what I would say is, you know, Ignite is one one small component of, of our coaching strategy. Uh, we've got fifth, we've got uh, eighty five to one hundred thousand employees within the organisation. We've got fifteen thousand people leaders. So what am, what also am I focused on? 
Uh, I see coaching as the answer, and Jean's going to definitely agree with me here. Um, so I, I, I see what, what, what do we want to do at the bank? It's obviously to democratize coaching. Uh, how do we want to do that? Well, we've got 15,000 people leaders. We acknowledge that not everyone loves coaching such as me and lives and breathes it. But we have, as a bank have fundamentally agreed that coaching is, is a skill of, a, skill of the future. As, Jay, as Jean said earlier, uh, ask, not tell. It's interesting, we had a leadership event at Standard Chartered. We had 150 of our most senior leaders and we had people, some millennials coming in. So these were people within the early 20s, brilliant people, talking about things that no one, I guarantee you, no one was understanding in the audience. And, and what is it to be a leader? You don't know all the, all, all the right answers. So as a leader, what we need to acknowledge is that sometimes you play multiple hats. Sometimes it's time to be a mentor, pull up your sleeve and be a consultant and do the work. Sometimes it's just about holding space, listening uh, uh, and listening to them. Sometimes it's about saying, actually using your network, you need a sponsor, you need a mentor, you need this. Uh, that, that's what it's about. So, so leadership is all about asking, not telling. So how do we want to incorporate that? For 15,000 of, uh, of our leaders, that is what we're working on, is starting to, to give them some a baseline of coaching capabilities. Then what's the next block, such as Rachel? We've had over 200 people going on an amazing program. It's a 10-week program called Coaching Mastery. And this is really just to give, a, it's an amazing program. Uh, I think it's about 20 hours, a taste and a feel for what is coaching. And then, obviously, it, it, it's the, the, and then if people love that, it's then to go into Ignite, and that's our full force uh, of, of internal coaches. But I always say, like, it's funny, you know, I mentioned earlier, we give scholarships back to people who want to become an Ignite coach. Some people say to me, but Katie, what if you give them the scholarship and they never coach for a client? What, what happens then? And I, I say, I guarantee you, any person going through a program such as Jean and any coaching program and spending the time to go through an ICF coaching qualification, they are going to come out as better human beings, as better leaders, and as Rachel said, the domino effect. So for us, we don't care whether they're coaching, but it's how they're showing up within the organization. Um, and yeah, that, that, that would be my, my, my thoughts around that. Thank you. Um, so another question from a law, from the Society General. I'm interested in hearing more about the selection process to become a coach. So if you have indeed somebody who is interested, has an interest in becoming a coach, not too sure, but want to be persuaded in doing so. Um, can you just let, tell us a little bit more about how you select these people? And also, I think you mentioned the $1,000 fee, but um, the question was around, can you elaborate a little bit more around the monetary fee to participate? Yeah, sure. So how, how do we have our coaches? Uh, so people who want to become coaches, um, they've got to really have the right mindset, mind, mindset and skills. So if we gave uh, everyone a free coaching scholarship, so it's roughly about four and a half thousand Singapore dollar investment. If I say that I'm gonna give everyone a ticket to go into Jean's um, qualification, anything that is free, people are just going to go in. So to become an Ignite coach, there has to be a high barrier of entry because we only want people who want to dedicate their time back. So the Ignite model is when we went out, when I had some funding, we did go out to 
be like senior leaders, not not too senior, but but kind of the sweet spot. And we invited them to apply to become an Ignite coach. Uh, and why do we do some seniority? Because we 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 thought we you know we've got a hundred thousand people. So how do we narrow down the population? And we thought that we definitely wanted people with some like at least ten years work experience. And that's how we targeted certain coaches. But what do we do with Ignite? Guess what? If you want to be an Ignite coach, you have to self fund seventy five percent of the funding out of your own pocket, and you have to go to all the trainings in your own time. Then and only then, when you're committed to the coaching coaching journey, when you have passed the certificate, then we will give you one thousand US dollars back. So, so that's kind of how we uh, do that um, there. And then, from a client's perspective, um, it's a one thousand US dollar fee um, for them to join the four month end to end journey. You for that, um, I was wondering if um, if that was sufficient in terms of the response for everybody. Um, I just want to give your time back as well, just as much. I'm completely aware that um, this is another hour that you're dedicating to us. Oh, thank you, Loso. So long as it's answered the question. Okay, so um, for me, you know, I, I just really enjoyed hearing this because. It's uh, it's a feel good factor as well to know that some people are dedicated in uh, in give in giving time back. We do hear a mentorship program, and these people mentors are wanting to give time back, and and I think ultimately that's that's what it's about. You talk you talk quite a bit about being a human being and being uh, feeling that you are contributing to a better society. Ultimately, that's what it's about too. Um, it is about stand, um, ensuring that we attract our uh, the right people, that we retain our right people, we promote our right people with the right skill sets, looking outside the box, that kind of thing, coaching can only be a good idea. So it does sound like it is. Um, I'm sure lots of you on the call have got similar uh, programs within your own organization. But what I would like to make sure we do is that when I send you, I'm gonna send you a thank you email afterwards with a recording for you to pass on and circulate to your own people, is to also just can contact Katie, contact each other just to see what you're doing and how we can all improve. Ultimately, that's what this network is about. So I'm assuming, Katie, you can say positively that strategically your program supports the specific aims of the organization. I'm assuming that that's, that's ultimately what you are, that what you are here for too. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, if HR was going to shut you down, and then you're still not shut down, it clearly is making a, a, a huge difference. So for that and taking risks and really believing what you are, what you wanted to do and having this passion that clearly resonates is also what it's all about. Okay, so uh, last question from Tracy. How do your coaches practice CPD and are they involved in supervision? That shall be our last question and we'll let you go. Uh, this is a really, really good Sorry, this is a really, really good question, Tracy. Uh, yeah, okay, so we, we've changed our support model. As I said, we, we, we started with nine coaches, we've now got nearly 200 coaches. The issue, the, the problem here we have is, you know, for, let's take Zion, for example. Uh, Ignite is a four month journey, and Zion's taking on two clients per time. When we think of supervision, um, supervision is normally when, you, when, when your day, day job is a coach, all in, all out, um, absolutely 
there uh, an external supervision is necessary. Um, obviously, with, within Ignite, we're trying to make things sustainable. And with 200 coaches, we used to provide external supervision. It wasn't sustainable. Uh, so what do we do now? Uh, we have mentor coaches, which have got 100 plus over hours that any Ignite coach can talk to. And we're not going to call it supervision because I'm not going to I don't have, cannot say with full certainty, and, and Jean would be able to speak more about what what is the definition of a, of a supervisor. But what I can say is we have mentor coaches. What can I? What I can say is for our coaches, we have peer to peer sessions where they can log in and coach one another. Uh, we also have uh, we call them. Uh, uh, someone mentioned it on the uh, chat. Lean in circles. So we call them ignite lean in circles, which is essentially like supervision. Uh, we have monthly training. So we, we, we don't provide external supervision, but we do provide a whole bunch of pick and mix things because that's the key to Ignite. It's about a lot of people say, Katie, don't bother me. Just give me clients. I just want to coach. But then a lot of people want to come into the arena and run sessions and be part of the community. So it's a very uh, uh, pick and mix on what you want to do. And also us running, I'm a, I'm a team of one and a half resources, managing 200 people and over 800 clients. It's really now a self-managing team. We have now, I mean, we're in 30 countries from a night client, uh, coach perspective. We now have country champions to build the connection on the ground. So do we formally say supervision? I can't say with certainty we do, um, but we, we do provide quite a lot of support for our coaches. Thank you. Right. Okay. So this is the end of our session. Thank you very much for joining. I hope you took a lot out of that. Um, really appreciate you all joining. Like I said, the recording will be passed around as well. Thank you, Katie, Jean, Zion, Rachel. It's been a pleasure to welcome you and to listen to your stories. Very, very inspirational. Our next forum is with Jean again in a few weeks time. It's around the wonderful topic of imposter syndrome. Please join us. Um, we will see you soon. Thank you. Take care all. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.